Hey, this is Joey Rumble. I'm the pastor of Summerbrook Church in Somerville, South Carolina, and this is our podcast. I hope the message you listen to today speaks to your heart and helps you connect with Jesus and grow in Him. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the message. All right. Go ahead and pull out your message notes, or if you have your church center app, you can follow along online. You know, Easter, uh, I do, I have a family tradition, you know how you have family traditions and different uh, things. Well, I have one in Easter where um, I sometimes mess it up and it's a bad day, but other times, you know, I've, I've done okay with it. Well, this year, I'm feeling good about it, but in the past... I've had some really bad days, and what I do, I hide the Easter baskets for my kids, and sometimes they'll find them in like one second, and I feel like a lame dad that I couldn't have hit it any better. Well, I want you to know, and and that's a bad day. Well, I want you to know, this time I have found some great hiding places, and now my adult kids actually still uh, will... uh, allow me to hide the baskets and they act like they still enjoy it which is wonderful for me as a dad and so they're hidden and they are in some really good spots and I don't want to tell but next week I'll tell you if these take a while and the grandkids are going to be helping them look for them as well so this is going to be a lot of fun it is going to be a success I'm going to have to be saying like uh, green, it's, you're a little bit closer, warmer, warmer, you're like really close because they can't find it and you start having sympathy. But in the past, I've had some bad days with that. Well, we're looking this Easter in a series of how to live through a bad day. Now, we all know it's really not that bad a day to if they can't find an Easter basket, but all of us have went through some challenging bad days, some challenging bad, challenging seasons, and or we may face some in the future And it's really important that we discover from God's word how to approach a challenging season, a bad day. And so we've been learning as a church in a series, if you missed a few of the messages, you can go online and watch them. We've been taking the seven statements that Jesus did on the cross. Back in 2001, I I read a book uh, called How to Live Through a Bad Day by Pastor Jack Hayford. And I preached on this topic, and I really felt led uh, from that book to preach on it again, so we've been doing a three-week series on it, and we're going to look at three statements today, the final statements that Jesus makes on the cross that I believe can have a powerful impact in our lives personally, and so I want to encourage you to keep your heart open, because I'm telling you, if we grasp what Jesus says on the cross, he'll enable us to live in a place of victory. And so as we point to the cross today and the resurrection of Jesus Christ in our lives, it can make a great impact. So uh, let's join in together. Y'all looking great. I want you to know that right now. You're looking great online as well. I can't see you, but I bet you do look great. So let's dig in together. The first statement that Jesus makes is, I thirst. Now let's look at it in this context. John 19, 28, and 29. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. Now, this point where it says scripture was fulfilled, uh, uh, most people believe that Psalm 69, 21, that was a prophecy for my thirst. They gave me sour wine to drink. And so what's fascinating here is that this sour wine that Jesus offered was used by soldiers to quench their thirst 
And it's different from the wine mixed with myrrh uh, that was a sedative that Jesus was offered and refused at Mark 15, 23. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And because, why? Because he didn't want any uh, help with the pain there. He didn't want a sedative because he was taking on all of humanity's sin on the cross. He was taking on the wrath of God, all of the, the weight of the sins of past, present, future sins of all humanity on the cross. He was bearing it. Why? For us. That's the good news of Easter. But in that statement here, we, we can learn something from Christ, and it's this. We need to be human enough to acknowledge our need. We need to be human enough to acknowledge your need. See, Jesus' fifth word from Calvary calls us to learn this point of discipleship, especially when bad days come upon us. It's one thing to fortify and brace against the storms of life's bad days, but it is another to humbly acknowledge our need for each other. If the Son of God requested help during Calvary's struggle, we are wise to remember that I will have times and you'll have times that we need to ask for help. We need human assistance. And some of us, like myself, need it more often than others. Now let me emphasize very carefully here. There is a very practical point for our discipling lessons on this very bad day. Make no mistake, Jesus was dying, but he was also fully in control of the moment. Everything taking place was his choice. It is true that he could summon an angel host to deliver him. It is true that no one could take his life, but he chose to lay it down. Uh, in John 10, verse 17, he shares this in 18. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. So Jesus' plea for a drink is a reminder that no one is so in control, so spiritual, so self-sufficient that he can make it through a bad day without people to help him. Now let me, um, so it's really important, this first thing, I thirst. The humanity of Jesus that he gave us an example here of how we are to respond when we're facing a very challenging bad day. I remember just a couple years ago, I was facing an incredibly difficult time. It was, it was very difficult. I was having a meeting, sharing it with my, uh, the elders and deacons, leaders of our church, and I was just struggling. And, and, and as I shared it, one of our elders, Craig Yoho, sent me a text message afterwards that changed my life. Now, I'm going get to get to that, what he shared with me, and a couple of points farther down that apply to one of the other things Jesus said. But the point I want us to understand here, I needed assistance. I was calling out for prayer. I was calling out for help. And man, the assistance I got, God gave me, and he granted it. And to this day, it's still impacting me. But where did he grant it from? A text message from a trusted friend, elder in our church, that was life-giving that I can't wait to pass on to you here. So, but we all at times hit those times where we need help. Maybe it's uh, in your family, maybe in your, in your business, your work, your career, community, within the church body, wherever it may be, you need help. That's why we design here as a church to 
really um, help you out and get you connected. There are several cards in your info guide of, of connect with Jesus. You'll have an opportunity in this service to connect with Jesus. I want you to fill that out if you came back to Christ or came to Christ for the first time or you need to be baptized. There's a Grow Together card you can fill out. These are all in your info guide to help you get plugged into groups that we, we do oftentimes and we do cycles of groups where people study God's word and do life together and have fun groups together and connect relationally so they can grow up in the Lord. We also have a serve with purpose card where you can uh, jump into next steps and jump into an area of service. Everything you see and happening today, people are connecting in different teams, ministering to each other and ministering to others with each other. It's beautiful. It's the body of Christ at work. But what this does, it brings you help and strength and endurance. Uh, Tanner mentioned another one was a serve day coming up, a great place to get connected. So the question is, where in your life do you need to lean in? Where in your life do you need help? That you need, that you're, you feel like you're caving right now. You feel like, whoa. Or, I want you to remember this. When you go through a bad day in the future, it, one of the things that helps you get through it is the relationships and the connectedness that you've already established. Now, this takes some maturity in your life, but if you're going through a good season right now, I'm telling you, there's a mountain, there's a challenge coming up in the future somewhere. It's going to rain. But so what you do is you build and fortify with relationships, spiritual strength during that time to help you get through that time. Scripture is just filled with time and time again where we should be doing this. So I encourage you to do that. And it can be real small. We all need assistance and, and some small things too. And uh, a lot of you, uh, you know, a lot of ladies, I've seen a lot of dresses. Well, let me tell you an epic challenge I faced years ago. When my kids were really little. And uh, matter of fact, Brad was not born yet. So our two daughters, Jenny, had gone to church early. And so I was, uh, I was commissioned to dress them. And I put dresses on both of them backwards. And to this day, how do you put a dress on backwards? Well, I did it to both of them. And so I, I, I show up to church with the two kids, my, my two daughters, in, in backwards dresses. And fortunately, Jenny saw it and when, when I got to church and she took them to bat and changed them and all. I needed assistance even the small things. So here, please leave here today. Jesus said, I thirst. Know that you're going to face challenges where we need each other. So make sure you have spiritual relationships in your life to help you. One last thing with thirst, and we're going to go to the next one. I want, I want us to understand this. This is powerful. That Jesus thirsted so that we would never thirst again. What are you talking about, Joey? Never thirst again. I, I get thirsty all the time drinking water or whatever I, to quench my thirst. I'm not talking in the natural. I'm talking in the supernatural, the spiritual. And remember in uh, John, if you study John, John chapter 4, there's a woman at the well, Samaritan woman, drawing water, and Jesus is reading her mail about her whole story, her whole life story, and sharing with her. And he says these words to her. He says, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Now think about that. that. That's a game changer in our life, that if we start to realize that when we drink of Jesus, receive Christ, we will never be spiritually thirsty again. When God fills, he fills. 
And so Jesus suffered, Jesus thirsted so that we would never spiritually thirst again. That when we drink of him, receive him, we'll never have that need, uh, uh, we'll never need to receive Christ again. He fills completely and strengthens us. That, that doesn't mean you won't face challenges and you go back to the well of Christ and say, God help me, strengthen me. Let's look at the sixth statement that Jesus made from the cross. It is finished. Let's read in context. In John 19, 29 and 30, a jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Jesus received the sour wine not just for his thirst, but probably also to moisten his parched throat in order to be able to proclaim a loud cry of triumph at the end of his suffering. It was not to be muttered or choked out, but trumpeted so that all mankind throughout history would be able to hear it. It is finished proclaims that all the work the Father had sent him to accomplish was now completed particularly his work of bearing the penalty for all sins. It is finished was the Son of God's invitation to join him in the conviction that now because of the cross, there is nothing we struggle with that is without either a purpose or an end. No struggle need ever be pointless. No suffering need ever again be unending. Be assured there is a purpose and an end to your suffering. Uh, Psalms 30 verse 5 says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I'll read it to you again. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen? Man, that is good news. It is finished is learning to live from a place of victory. See, Jesus bore the divine retribution, the punishment for sin as the Father's cup of wrath is poured out on him in divine judgment. We were to receive that judgment of our sins, us going our own way. But because of the cross, Jesus takes on that judgment so that now we can live from a place of victory, a place that has been finished in Christ that we receive by faith. Now, we're going to um, really lean in to this, uh, live from a place of victory, it, uh, how to do that in our next series start next week. We're doing a, ne a series next week called Just Give Me Jesus. And we're going to lean in next week to Just Give Me Jesus. We're going to look at the miracles and the teachings of Jesus. And I believe it's, these are going to be just game changers in our lives, in our walk with the Lord. You don't want to miss it. Man, we're going to really unpack what this looks like as a Christ follower. Let's look at the seventh statement that Jesus made from the cross. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. It was now about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. While the sun's light failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two, then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. The sixth to the ninth hour is 12 to 3 in the afternoon. The veil 
that was torn and the uh, what you study is the, the, the Israelites as they worship God, they, they would go to the, the temple and worship God and there was a curtain that separated the Holy of Holies that the priest could only go in, high priest could only go in once a year to offer the sacrifice for sins of all humanity that year. Well, the curtain rips as Jesus is on the cross sharing, uh, uh, paying the price for all of sins. What is that? Jesus' body. It was ripped now. that We don't need a high priest once a year to go into the Holy of Holies. We have the high priest, the, the sinless one, Jesus Christ, who paid the price for our sins. Now we approach the presence of God with freedom and confidence to find help in our time of need. That's powerful. That's life-changing. That is why we celebrate Easter. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Here's a big thing here with many other big things. I mean, this is all huge. Jesus, when he went to the cross and died for all humanity, if he doesn't raise from the dead, he's just a really good teacher. Or he's, uh, if he doesn't raise from the dead, what is he? He's a false prophet. But because of the resurrection, why we, part of why we celebrate Easter is because Jesus rose from the dead. If, if he just died on the cross but didn't rise from the dead, he's a false prophet. But because he rose from the dead, he is who he claimed to be. And because of that, that changes everything. That's why we, we line our lives with him and say, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. What does that look like for us? And this is a big takeaway here. Finally surrender your day to God and leave it there. The sixth word was the one of triumph. The seventh word was a word of trust. This is all about trust, y'all. This is all about, how you like that southern name? Yeah. So my, my mom graduated, uh, my mom uh, grew up, uh, was born in Wisconsin. My dad was born in Arizona. They met in Hawaii because he was in the Navy and she was a nurse. And then he ended up stationed here in Charleston. And uh, I was born and raised here almost all my life, a little bit in Charlotte. So I go with y'all. Even in my text message, I go with y'all. Even though I had a Wisconsin and Arizona, man, I'm going with y'all. I roll with it. Amen? All right. So um, the, sixth, uh, the seventh word is one of trust. We, we make a choice to trust God. And that's what Craig Yoho, our elder, shared with me that was a game changer. Because in life, what I would do, I, I'd worry, anxiety, fear, and I'd put it on my shoulders. Pressure, pressure, pressure. I, I, and I, I was sharing with him, hey, I, I just need to grow and trust God. And Craig said, no, you don't need to grow and trust God. You need to choose to trust God. Whatever you're facing, you want that anxiety, that worry, that fear to begin to lessen more and more, and you experience what? Living from a place of victory? Start to say, God, I'm struggling, but I choose to trust you. It's painful, but I know that you took the hit for me on the cross, and you rose from the dead, and you're my Lord. Church, I encourage you, leave here today choosing to trust God with your life, and you'll notice your, lo your load will be much lighter. Let's look at what that looks like in the resurrection of trusting the Lord. In Matthew 28, 1 through 10, Scripture says, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. 
And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Scripture shares here, because I live, you also will live in John 14, 19. Think about it. He speaks to him. The angel says, he is not here, for he is risen. And Jesus told him, because I live, you also will live. He's telling his disciples this in John 14, 19, because he knew what they would face as he went to the cross and the resurrection. Church, what that means is no matter what the circumstance is, the challenges, the bad day, because he was raised from the dead, he has given us the gift of life, power over death, hell, and the grave. It is finished. We can trust him. And then before Jesus ascends to heaven, he shares this in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus is saying, Go. Go change the world. Go impact people's lives. Raise families that love me wholeheartedly. Develop disciples for me. Teach them. Baptize them. God enables us, because of Easter, to serve with purpose. The cross, the resurrection, it enables each one of us to serve with purpose. So let me ask you, church, if you want to make headway, you need a... So what's your takeaway here this morning? This is the good news of Jesus. He enables each one of us to live as he's called us to live. So what is it? I thirst. Make sure that when you're facing those challenging times, you need human assistance. Lean in. Reach out. And find those relationships. Jump in. Living may be that you realize you've been living from a place of defeat instead of a place of victory. It's time to live from a place of victory, church. Amen? So Jesus purchased the victory on the cross. He rose from the dead. Live from a place of victory. I'm no longer, your takeaway could be, I'm no longer going to live from a place of defeat. And finally, surrender everything to God, and here's the biggie, leave it there. And by the way, if you're like me, this may be an hourly thing you need to do sometimes. <laughs> because I, I choose to trust God, but then, oh, I want to put it back on my shoulder. No, you leave it there. Lord, I choose to trust you. I know you are who you say you are. Or maybe you remember that uh, because I, Scripture, because I live, you also will live. 
realizing that Jesus was raised from the dead, I'm going to live with life, a life-giving life that shines bright to others, which is serving with purpose. I'm going to serve with purpose with my life. I got a purpose. Jesus gives us a purpose. So these are some reflections that I encourage you to do in your personal life. So if you would, um, I, I want us to take a moment to remember what Jesus did for us. Let's remember Easter by receiving communion. And scripture says that if, you, if you're down here on the front right, I got three of them right there. If you forgot to get one, you can get one. Scripture says that you shouldn't receive communion in an unworthy manner. What makes you worthy? In Christ. If you need, uh, scripture, scripture shares that um, Jesus paid the price for our sins, that we were created perfect without sin. Of, and what happened? Man blew it. So created without sin, Adam and Eve, and then man blew it fall but there is redemption we fell sin entered the picture but Jesus came to redeem us and because of that we can now receive that by faith but you got to receive it you can't just come to church and hear it you got to respond in faith and that's what I'm going to do I'm going to lead you in prayer if you love Jesus you're serving him this is a time to renew your faith in Christ this is a time to say God I'm not going to live from a place of defeat anymore I'm going to live from a place of victory so as I lead you in prayer, I want to encourage you to pray out loud with me. And we're going we're gonna to see some of you come to know Christ for the first time. Others of you, you're restoring, refreshing that faith in the Lord. So let's pray together out loud. Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart that you were raised from the dead. I confess with my mouth that you're Lord. From this day forward, I choose to serve you. Jesus, come into my life. Make me the person you want me to be. Lord, I want to live from a place of victory, not defeat. Lord, thank you for rising from the dead. Thank you that my sins are forgiven. Now God enabled me to walk in this victory. Lord, help me to resist sin, to quit giving in, and to seek you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.